Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the studio. What is going on? How's it going? We are back. Another week, another episode. Episode 23 is finally here. How's everything going in your neck of the woods? I hope you're having a good weekend. Maybe the drinks are tasting a bit better. The beer is a little bit colder. After spending five long days sitting at your desk working for the man or woman, I know women are also capable of being high-level office executives. And you know, you're sitting there in your cubicle, typing away on your keyboard, trying to look busy. You check the time on the corner of your screen, and it says 2 p.m., just three more hours until you get to run your ass out of that office. After a long week of jumping through hoops, you can finally make your way to your car and get the fuck out of there and you're driving and you can just feel all of the fucking weight and stress leaving your body especially after one of those weeks that really just seemed to kick the shit out of you for no reason at all just life decided to wake up monday morning and kick the shit out of you and now you're sitting there in your cubicle typing away click 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 And you go to listen to your favorite podcast to help drown out that loud silence in your brain. And you click on the Spotify app and you go to check the notifications and you see that they haven't uploaded anything. Late again, like a sack of shit. And you've had such a long week that that is the one thing that sends you over the edge. There's always that one little thing that sends you over the edge after a long week. All you wanted to do was laugh But instead, you got met with disappointment yet again. And you just say, fuck it. And you start silently crying right there in your cubicle. Trying to hide your face with your monitor so no one can see the tears rolling down your face. You're crying and suddenly you see your boss making his way towards you. And so you try to wipe away the tears really quick. And he walks by and he goes, Harrison, are you crying? And you're just like, no. I'm good, boss. Just a, just a little something in my eye. Probably from all the asbestos that's going to kill me in the 10 years I've been here. Just living the dream. Just living the dream. But Friday around 5 p.m. rolls around. And all the deadlines have been met. And all the emotional breakdowns have been done. And your depression just disappears. Just like that. The vibes are suddenly great again at 5 p.m. on a Friday. That bittersweet feeling you would get of what the fuck am I doing with my life mixed with complete freedom for the next 48 hours. I used to work an office job not so long ago, which wasn't necessarily a bad job. It was actually a really good job. It was just one of those situations where you're doing something from the moment you walk in to the moment you walk out. And I know a lot of you are like, yeah, Angel, that's that's why it's called a job. All right. All right. Can we please just continue with the story, hypothetical person that I'm arguing with? Uh, But anyway, at this job, there was always work to do, which isn't what you want from an office job. I know a lot of people think, oh, you want an office job that'll keep you? No, no. If you work at an office, 
there's a certain level of criteria that needs to be met. When you work in an office, there is a specific set of rules that need to be followed. The first being the workload. The workload must be easy. Work? Who's doing that? No one's do people are boycotting work nowadays. No one's working. I want a workload of filling out spreadsheets that really only take me 20 minutes to do, but I stretch it out to a week. Right off the bat, that's the workload I need. Let's get that out of the way. Number two, there has to be a kitchen where people can bring in day-old donuts and have coffee that nobody drinks because there's a Starbucks in the lobby of the building. And number three, you want there to be mind-numbing conversations about absolutely nothing. You want to hear all the chatter about Bachelor in Paradise. These are the rigorous standards that have to be met for an office job. That is what the education system has prepared us for. The office job I had was not like this at all. Like I said, from the moment you walked in to the moment you walked out. Some weeks it would fly by and other weeks it just felt like it would never end. And I remember every Friday, 5.03 p.m. would roll around. I would grab my shit and I would get my ass out of there. Hey, Angel, before you go, can you... It's the weekend, Harrison. I do not know you. You do not exist. And then I would make my way down to the station to catch the 5.15 subway home. And I swear, in those 12 minutes, I felt inner peace. I felt a sense of inner peace that I had been searching for after years of therapy. During those 12 minutes, I would be standing there on that platform, waiting for the car to roll in, smoking a cigarette, thinking, thank God, thank God the week is done. Now I can actually go and do the thing I love to do, which was work on this, this business, the studio, the Soto Studio on Instagram, which all of you should be following. ABP, baby! Always be promoting ABP. Anyways, I would go... <laughs> I would go and I would work on my business, and that's what I would do all weekend. So I would be at the subway station, catch the 515 train, and then I would go and grab myself a slice. Deep dish, obviously, mainly just because I was broke and I knew all the... That pizza dough would work as concrete in my stomach to keep me full for the rest of the day. So I'd scarf that down and then I'd make my way to 7-Eleven and then I'd grab two Red Bulls for $5. That deal, I'm pretty sure it's still going on. I would drink one of them during the hour ride subway home back to my apartment and I would finally get there probably around 7 p.m. And as soon as I got there, I would just start typing away on my shitty laptop for God knows how long, hours, like at least until two o'clock in the morning, every single night for a really long time. Now, was this healthy? Of course not, but it's what needed to be done. I mean, at a certain point, I really just had to say fuck it and jump all the way in. You just had to pack your shit and head off to the big city, which... I have to say, if you want to chase a dream, you really do have to be in the city. 
you can't be the biggest fish in the pond. If you're the biggest fish in the pond, that means it's time to make your way to a bigger one, a pond where there's room for growth. And yes, listen, rent in the new pond is going to be about $4,000 a month, and you're going to have three roommates, and you're going to get robbed your third day there, but that's just how it is in this pond. Plus, you know, the atmosphere of the city, it's, it's unmatched. It really is. Each place has their own vibe, which I really find fascinating to be gen like to be honest, I find that extremely fascinating. The way of life, how people talk, what they eat. I've noticed that what they all have in common is that they all give you the same jolt of energy to get you through the day. The energy in the city is so electric that it's contagious. And I remember sitting there on that subway cart drinking my Red Bull literally thinking dude what the fuck am i doing with my life i'm working like 18 hours a day running around trying to make shit happen and i would just be so in my head that the voice on the intercom would kind of snap me out of it next stop washington station and then i'd look around and really just see how everyone else is kind of in the same position i was Everyone else was just running around trying to make it happen. And that energy was what would keep me going. And yeah, man, I, I vividly remember smoking on that platform every Friday at 5 p.m., soaking in the hustle and bustle of the city. And those 12 minutes, as funny or as weird as it may seem, that was my sanctuary. And it was easy because I knew I had finished with all the bullshit for the week. I knew all the all the bullshit was done and I can just spend the next couple of days focusing on what I wanted to do, which was to start a cult that would be recognized all around the world. That's what I wanted to do. But really people, as broke as I was and as hard of a time I was going through, quitting never really crossed my mind. You know, homeless people were fucking walking around on the platform doing heroin, digging through the trash, and I just kept my blinders up. Because again, as confusing as it all was, you know, trying to figure everything out, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, I absolutely knew what I didn't want. I refused, and to this day it still stands, I refused to become the guy who just settles down, you know, who moves into a neighborhood in the middle of suburbia, whose wife is the president of the HOA, who I don't really love, but she's a good mom, but I hate her as a human. That's something I told myself I would never become. Is there anything worse than HOA? Just a bunch of Karens walking around with their Starbucks that they yelled at a poor 19-year-old about? acting like they have any semblance of power because they're an HOA, walking around just angry at the world for no reason whatsoever. Who the fuck joins HOA anyways? Is your life so meaningless that you feel the need to be the president of your neighborhood? Would you in the ninth fucking grade? No, it's not meaningless. 
It's about having pride in where you live. It's about having pride in who you are. Lady, your kids are doing cocaine in the bathroom and you don't even notice because you're too busy yelling at minorities for moving into your neighborhood. There are bigger fish to fry, lady. Your kids are doing drugs in your home and you want to talk about pride? And again, I'm sure a lot of you listening to this are going to say, Oh, Angel, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just bitter because you can't own property because you're $100,000 in student debt. And, <laughs> and while that may be true, one thing that is for certain is I will never become an HOA prick unless I live in a gated community and I see a car I haven't seen before drive through. Um, then I might get a little problematic. Hey, who the fuck are you? One thing I would really love, though, is I would love to be part of a neighborhood watch. Just me and my three degenerate friends using it as an excuse to get away from our wives and to smoke weed in the basement. Oh, oh, so now I'm a bad guy for wanting to keep our neighborhood safe. In an alternate universe, I really think that I would make the perfect cliche suburban dad. I really do. Grilling burgers in the fall in a North Face jacket and some khaki shorts. I feel like I would thrive in that situation. I still wouldn't be an HOA though. Never. That, the type of people who are heavily invested in things like HOA or PTA or any of these meaningless associations that I'm probably forgetting. They're the type of people who really played by the rules their entire lives. I talked about this in one of the very first episodes of this podcast. It's called The Algorithm of Death. Uh, go check it out if you haven't yet, but it's really something I find fascinating. And it's also mine, patent pending, so don't try to use it on a girl at a bar as a way to break the ice, because that's my move. <laughs> but to kind of summarize the episode, I talk about a specific type of person. Someone who followed the rules their entire life. They took the SATs, the ACTs, went to the best school, got a good job, but they still feel a deep, deep sense of unhappiness. And it can be for multiple reasons. Maybe they thought they would have a job that they liked more. Maybe they're in a relationship that they're not happy in. Maybe they're not making enough money to get themselves the new Tesla because they're so sure that's going to make them happy. I was out having a couple of drinks with some friends the other day, relaxing, having a good time. And I got to beer number four and I started talking a little bit more. A lot of people say they're a loud drunk, not me. I'm just shy when I'm sober. So after I get a couple in me, I start coming out of my shell and I start, you know, filling out into my unique, charming fashion. Everything you know is a lie, you know, that kind of bullshit. Uh, and this is what I said. I said, listen, what they don't teach you at Alcohol U is that even if you do it the right way, even if you get the degrees, the internships, and you marry at the right time, even if you do all of these things right, you can still be royally fucked. Because there is no right way that's going to promise you some problem-free life filled with money and Ferraris. I got to tell you something, though. I got to hand it to these corporations because they really did go all in on brainwashing people into thinking that if they went to school 
and worked hard that they too could end up running a billion dollar empire. They really did do a good job at capitalizing on the hopes and dreams of future generations to come. Yeah, go ahead and spend $100,000 on a gender studies degree. Doesn't matter. It'll work out in the end. You're doing it the right way. You're getting a degree. It doesn't work out like that in the end, buddy. You have to do it in a way that works for you. This isn't some one-size-fits-all store. You can't just let some random person tell you what you need to do with your life or try to put you in a box. But a lot of people, they don't realize this because there's so much going on around them. You hit a certain age and then it's college, midterms, grad school, and the majority of them don't stop for one second and just think, do I even want to do this? Do I even want to do this or am I better off trying my luck doing something else? None of them stop to ask themselves that. And next thing you know, you see them 10 years later causing a scene in a Starbucks because some barista didn't put an extra shot of espresso in their soy latte. They're just taking out all the resentment they have for themselves on other people. That person isn't angry at you. They're angry at themselves. When they threaten to kill you and your entire family because you use regular milk instead of soy, they don't mean it. They're probably just pissed off about the fact that their friend is a millionaire because they launched their own brand on Instagram and they have to go to their well-paid office job that they got with their master's degree but they secretly hate because it's a never-ending loop of Excel sheets and email chains. And they're cranking out those spreadsheets because they keep being promised a promotion at the end of the year. And they slowly grow more and more resentful of everyone and everything around them. Because everyone promised them so much more, but it never comes. They went to school, got the degree, the job, but still feel like something is missing. That's this generation's version of the middle class. Just a bunch of unhappy people that are spreading their misery all over Whole Foods. <laughs> oh! It always comes back to Whole Foods. The true mark of gentrification. That place of fucking joy. Angel, just don't go to Whole Foods. Where else am I supposed to go? Bezos bought the whole fucking block. Where am I going to go? But do these people care? Of course not. That requires too much thinking. It requires too much thinking to realize that Jeff Bezos bought property within a five mile radius so no other fucking grocery store can open in the area so he can have all the profit. That requires too much thinking for some people. They don't care that a business is forming a monopoly on the world in front of their eyes. That's not important. They just want the next job promotion, the newest iPhone. The newest Tesla. Listen, people. Life is passing us all by. Things were fine being on pause for a little bit, but this whole trying to keep it on pause for the remainder of time is obviously not working out. It's time to hit the play button again. And if the government doesn't want to do it, then you have to do it. Fuck it. If the world wants to stay on pause, see it as an advantage Get as many steps in as possible between you 
and everyone else. I joked a couple months back that you shouldn't wait for retirement to do all the things you wanted to do because there's no guarantee that your retirement is going to be there. There's no guarantee that the places you want to visit will be there. Countries are closing down again. Traveling is becoming a huge obstacle again. Funny how everything I've been predicting, every single thing I've predicted on this podcast is actually happening. Funny how that works. That either means two things. One, I'm a gifted genius. Or two, that I'm a prophet sent from the heavens and that you should all join and donate to my cult. Probably the latter. But whatever, man. Normally, I don't like talking about this shit of, you know, following your dreams and yada yada, all that fucking positive horseshit. Because to be honest, I don't know what I'm doing. And I always look at people who are so eager to give life advice with kind of a side eye. Because no one has it figured out. I don't want to sound like I'm high and mighty or that I have all the answers because that is far, far, far from the truth. There's no roadmap. All I do is create cool shit and tell jokes on the internet. And I tell you guys the shit that I'm learning along the way. That's really all this is. I just tell you guys all the things I analyze and think about on the subway ride home. That's about it. And honestly, looking back now, looking back to that time of my life of spending hours on that subway, running all around the city, I'm really glad that that voice would pop up on the intercom when I was sitting there on that subway cart lost in my thoughts because it would pull me out of my own head. It would allow me to take a second to stop and look around and enjoy the moment. It helped me snap back to what was happening in front of me. And it helped me realize that even though I was broke and worn down and living off of cheap food, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. I could have been HOA president. So listen to me. If you're listening to this, standing on that platform, smoking a cigarette, do me a favor and smoke one for all glasses over here. Give that homeless guy a dollar, not in front of the other ones because they'll all rob you and kill you, and try to enjoy life. <laughs> but, but, before we go, before we wrap up our little cult session and start singing hymns that praise me, I have a little announcement. In the earlier episodes of this podcast, I started an advice segment. I want to start that back up again. I think I got like one or two write-ins the first time, but I want to bring that back to your guys' attention. So send me questions you want me to read on here for advice. It's 100% anonymous. I'm not some rat. This isn't some small town hokey horse shit. So send in your questions from your burner or your regular account. I really don't care. I don't judge. Relationship shit, life in general. Oh, Angel, how do I break up with someone? Angel, what's your Venmo so I can send you $500? Again, whatever it is you want. I want to thank you guys for listening. Please feel free to follow me on my socials at The Angel Bernard. Interact with me. Follow my business at The Soto Studio. 
We have some cool shit coming up. I will see you all guys in a week. I'm sorry that I was a little late. I know. I know. I put out that fucking Instagram reel that says every Thursday. And then I don't even post on a fucking Thursday like a sack of shit. But bear with me. All right. I'm trying here. I'm fucking trying. So I love you guys. Can you please just follow me? Can you please tell your friends about this podcast? I want us to keep growing. I want us to keep growing mainly because I want money. That's really like I just want money. So can you guys please just hit the follow button? Tell your friends. Tell your aunt. Tell your uncle. Tell them both. They're probably divorced because that's kind of how it is nowadays. Anyways, I love you guys and I will see you all next week.